2: The opinions and suggestions expressed on the following program are solely those of the participants and are not necessarily endorsed by KRMG, Cox Media Group Incorporated, or the program sponsors.
1: Stay tuned for Money Talk, an informative and educational show that's all about money and investments, from 401ks to IRAs to insurance. Your host is Dan Witham, a Wall Street veteran with over 25 years of experience in the securities industry. Dan is a branch manager with LPL Financial. The opinions voiced on this program are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. Individuals. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, and financial advisor or tax advisor prior to investing. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, member FINRA, SIPC. All investing involves risk, including possible loss of principal. Now, here's Money Talk.
2: Yeah, good Sunday morning to you. Thanks for tuning in for Money Talk. We're here live and local. In uh, well, we'll call it mid-April. Nice day out there. A little bit chilly, but very sunshiny. So get out and get some vitamin D later. But. For First, we've got an, an hour of information and a chat to share with you, uh, led by this guy. He is the branch manager for uh, LPL Financial here in town. His name is Dan Witham. His partner, Steve Money, is here. And every week, the guys are giving away books. And I think you said the same book as last week, Dan?
0: Yes, I did. Thank you, Russell. And uh, the book this week is the one we gave away last week. It's called... Beating the Dow, it's by Michael O'Higgins, and it's about a classic investment strategy, just buying 10 of the Dow Jones stocks and holding them for a year. Steve, it has math. I will warn you. But the math is easy. It's just two numbers. It's it's dividing one number by another. So you can use a calculator yeah. if you want to, or you can go to the website like Yahoo Finance and find the yield. In which case, the math's already done for you. All right. Uh, so basically, what he's doing is ranking the Dow based on yield, saying that when Dow stocks get beat up, their yield goes up because the price goes down. Essentially, it's a mathematical, just an equation, but that is true. And I want to talk about a few of the Dow stocks over the years that have had minor episodes where things like this have happened and the stocks have recovered. The Dow 30 stocks, which is what this book's all about, are typically your biggest, most resilient companies in America. Does that make sense? Yes, sir. That's why they're in the Dow 30 to begin with. Okay. Russell, I know you've heard of the Exxon Valdez. Yes. Because we've talked about it. Yes. It, It was a ship. It ran aground. Prince William big Sound, old, I think, was the yeah, place. big old oil yeah. spill up in Alaska. Spilled exactly. a few drops, and everybody went nuts, right? A few drops of oil Yeah. <laughs> the ocean. <laughs> it was more than a few drops, Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> okay. Johnson & Johnson, the Tylenol scandal. We all know about right. it. Right, Yeah. Uh, the cyanide. That was a biggie. Yeah, and that was in 82 is when that one was. Then recently we had another episode. These planes that Boeing makes had a bit of a problem. Kind of falling out of the sky. There. The 737 yeah. MAX I'm referring to. Right a couple of years ago. They had two of them fall within six months uh, of each other, basically, I right. think is what happened roughly. And I don't know what the cause of it was. I'm not here to tell you what the cause of it was. I have no idea. But the stock dropped to $93 a share. As of Friday's close, Boeing is at 205
3: well, that's not a bad little increase there.
0: Yes. So they're doing okay. Turned yeah. out to be a pretty good investment, and I think Boeing's going to keep making planes.
3: <laughs> yeah, I, I probably so. Because we don't have anybody else. Yeah, basically they in the they like probably good to go.
0: Yeah, because we're, we're pretty much stuck as far as passenger jets go with yeah. Boeing. Better yeah, Airbus, so take your pick. Anyhow, this strategy's all about <laughs> buying stocks like those, holding them for at least a year, maybe longer, and then uh, rotating them once a year. Very simple, very straightforward strategy, one that buys quality blue-chip companies, from the Dow. We'll send you a free copy of this book, Beating the Dow by Michael O'Higgins, and information on our sector strategy that we're going to talk about today that I told Stephen Russell I'm going to give out some information that I think is going to surprise a lot of people because it shocked me, Russell, and I've been doing this 32 years, do I will tell you. Okay. And I had no idea, so I'm just going to tell you that. It's got to do with the sector strategy that we're going to talk about. The information is free. The book is free. All you have to do is go give me a call. The number is 918-398-8387. That's 918-398-8387. You will get our voicemail. It is the weekend. Just leave us your name and your address when you get the voicemail. And we will send the book and the information on the sector strategy that we're going to talk about today out to you. It is all free. There is no cost and no obligation. All right. Got to talk about a couple companies out there making the news, Steve. Disney says they're going to laugh people this week. Seven thousand people.
3: Yeah, that's a lot of people.
0: A lot of people. Uh, not good, but they. This has been expected for a while because they kind of hinted at this a few months ago. So it's to be expected. I assume it has a lot to do with their theme parks, because uh, I'm guess I'm just guessing. I'm surprised now because I, I would think business would be back up now from COVID. You would think by now, but maybe I'm wrong. Anyhow, uh, Russell, I don't know if you saw, but yesterday. Uh, bed Bath & Beyond has filed for uh, bankruptcy. Yeah, for C. they're like shutting her down. Yeah, they've been hovering Struggling for a while, right? Circling the, the drain, yeah, circling the drain for quite a while. Yes, for <laughs> quite a while. Now, I warned before about some of the financial companies that were facing difficulty. Uh, Signature Bank, we talked about. And yes. Some others, right? Uh, Credit Suisse. Yeah, I mentioned a few months ago. I have another one I've been meaning to mention for several weeks, and I keep not getting to it in my outline because it was buried in my outline. And I meant to say this weeks ago. Um, the next shoe to fall may be, and I hope it's not, but it may be Deutsche Bank, which is a very large yeah. financial institution. Huge, yes. Based in Germany, obviously. Yes, and their credit default swaps, which is the risk, the insurance on their bonds defaulting, essentially is what a credit default swap is. Uh, The swaps jumped 50% in a one-week period, meaning the market doesn't like them, thinks the bonds are going to default. Essentially, they raised the cost of the insurance uh, by 50%. And if you saw the big short... For those of you who did, you, you know <laughs> Don't look at me in That, yeah, that would
3: be uh, one out of three here. <laughs> you know, exactly. It'll come
2: on something I yeah, subscribe uh, to someday. That's you right. Know I'll watch exactly it. Yeah. what I'm
0: talking about. Anyhow, it's a big part of that movie is credit default swaps. And uh, that's an excellent movie. And I have some other quotes from the movie that we're going to talk about later on today. Anyhow, Russell, I haven't talked about your friend Joe for a while. So I'm going to mention him. Okay. The latest uh, stupid, idiotic, moronic, ignorant Half-witted, mindless, brainless move by the Biden administration. Have you heard about this mortgage thing they're doing? Raising the cost of people's mortgages? I guess not. Okay. I don't know. He, through the, there's a thing called GSEs, which are government-sponsored entities. Okay? Jenny Mae, Freddie Mac, those types mm-hmm. of entities I'm talking about that do the bulk of the mortgages in the United States. Gotcha. Right? They buy them from the banks and sell them as bonds through Wall Street. Yes, this is essentially how we finance our mortgages in the in this country. They're going to raise your cost, Russell. If you have a six eighty or above credit score, they're going to raise the cost of your mortgage and assess you a fee to subsidize people who have lower credit scores. Okay, this is socializing the housing industry. Essentially, you've got
3: to pay your fair share. Yeah. Well, somebody else's debt.
0: here's the problem. is It creates a thing called moral hazard, which is not a good thing. Uh, so if Steve over there wants to trash his credit, he can go trash his credit and not pay his creditors, and then at the end of the day, he gets a lower mortgage rate because he did that. He benefits from that. Whereas you, Russell, if you're responsible and you go out and pay all your bills, you get penalized under this system for doing that. You follow you, me? You
3: penalize success, and responsibility.
0: Yeah, and you're, and you're rewarding irresponsibility, for lack of a better term. Well, it sounds counterintuitive,
2: but since I know nothing about it and don't know why they're doing it, I, I, I mean, I don't well, have any response. It. It's but.
0: socializing the mortgage industry. That's what they want to do. That's what they're trying to do with this. This is one step. Toward that end is what they're doing. So by socializing the the
2: mortgage industry, you mean um, I don't know, spreading out the ability to buy a home. No, because the the issue right now is a, there's not enough houses, and b, when the houses that are out there are all being snapped up by real estate firms or turning them into mortgage. You know, farms. Yes, there are. Or yep. rent, Plenty rent of that. farms. Plenty of that going on, um, yes. Absolutely. And uh, you know, if you're a, a family of four in Tulsa, Oklahoma right now trying to find a house that you can both afford to live in and pay the mortgage at the same time, you're, you're going to be lucky to find one. And right. that's, that's no lie. So, I mean, I know what problem I think they're trying to address, and I'm not saying this is the way to go about it.
0: It won't work. I can tell you why. Here's okay. why. It's not based on income. Income has nothing. Right, but to your do loan is. Yeah, but the, yeah, the, the banker
2: that's going to loan you money is going to look at that. Oh,
0: absolutely, absolutely. But think about this, okay? Let's say that you have a seven hundred and fifty credit score, Russell. Right, mine's actually a little better than that. Okay, but let's just say <laughs> <you have> seven hundred and fifty, <laughs> which is ab- above the six hundred and eighty. Right, right, right above the threshold for this. But you have a low income. Okay, at the same time, let's just say you have a low income and a high credit score. They're going to charge you more for your mortgage. And do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, no, Does I that, do. Does that make sense? I understand it. So that's why I'm saying I don't think this model is a very good model. But, you know, and, and I may be wrong. Maybe that, maybe that's not how it's going to work, but that's my understanding how it's going to work.
3: So. Well, how did it work out when they did the, the no-doc loans?
2: I'm sorry. They're talking a, a, a mortgage monthly payment here. It says by
0: $60 a month. Yes. Just yet another fee tacked on. The other problem is it's going to price people out of, these, uh, out of the homes. You're going to have to buy a home that costs X amount less because of that additional payment, and the bank's going to have more trouble qualifying you. It's going to be harder to qualify rather than easier. Does that make sense? Because they're going to jack your, your payment up. Basically, it's going to add to your payment. And this is where they're starting. As Steve and I can t- attest to, this is not where it's going to end. <clears throat> Would you agree with that, Steve? Absolutely. This is just the beginning of the fees. And how they're going to do this. So uh, I think the reason they haven't gone too straight by income or whatever, which may be what they're going to do, I don't know. I think because they don't have legislation to do this. Biden is doing it via fiat, via executive action, the way he does everything it seems like, because he can't get legislation passed. So they've passed he's got, well, he's got legislation. But I'm just saying he's got limited tools at his disposal to do this. Does that make sense? And that's why I think he's using this.
3: Well, you know, you can go back to the mid '80s and uh, the savings and loan crisis, and you can get up into the '90s and early 2000s. 2008 happens, and it's because of things like this. They start something to solve a problem, and then they just create bigger problems. Right,
0: Russell? I think what I meant was Biden hasn't been able to get a lot of this legislation passed since the new Congress came into effect. Is what I to clarify my comment earlier about okay. legislation. Since the Republicans took the House, is what I'm referring to, right?
2: And that, before that, that's, he did pass a lot of that, legislation, it, yes. any
0: president would find it harder with the mixed
2: yeah, know, legislature. Yeah, absolutely, sure. absolutely, absolutely, yes. But to say that he hasn't gotten any legislation passed is no. just flat wrong. No,
0: he passed a bunch before the new Congress came in, yes, And they've had a
2: few things passed since. It's not like okay. it's completely a completely dead stop to the government. Although... You know we're having trouble right now with the whole budget thing. That is that is certainly a thing. You know what? I'll let you get run way over, buddy. And, and that's my fault. But we do need to take a quick timeout. Remind folks, uh, he's got this free book he's offering and information on his sector strategy. All you got to do to get the book beating the Dow and the information is called uh, the, Dan's office at nine one eight. Three nine eight eight three eight seven. 398 8387 Now, it is Sunday, so you should get their voicemail, right? So please leave the correct name and address on there, 918-398-8387, for the free book and the information on the sector strategy, the book called Beating the Dow. More money talk after a quick timeout on 1023 KRMG. Oh, welcome back to Money Talk here on 1023 KRMG, Tulsa's News and Talk. We are having an interesting conversation this morning. And Dan, of course, as he does every week, standing by to give away books. And this week is going to add in some bonus information for you on his sector strategy. how to kind of work those sectors in the market, Mr. Witham, Dan Witham from LPL Financial. Why don't you tell them about it? Because I, you know, we've you talked about sectors before. Yes, and and sometimes it's a good idea to look and see what sector, you know, just looking ahead. What's going to do well and what isn't? And
0: and usually there's some pretty obvious signs, right? You're you're absolutely correct. And we're going to talk about that here in this segment and the next segment as well. The free book this week is called Beating the Dow. We'll send you a copy of that book along with information on the sector strategy we're about to discuss. It's all free. Just give me a call at 918-398-8387. That's 918-398-8387. Just leave us your name and your address when you get our voicemail. Okay. Before we get into this sector model, I want to say one thing okay. that I think may happen before the end of this year, along with Deutsche Bank going bye-bye or getting hope bought out. I that doesn't happen, but okay. I, I hope it doesn't happen, too. I Who snapped I hope I'm up Credit Suisse? Somebody did. UBS. UBS, okay. Yeah, the other Swiss bank. The other big Swiss bank basically bought them, and they got some help from the government, from the Swiss government in doing so. But that, but that was good. It's better than, UB, than Credit Suisse going... Collapse belly up, yeah, absolutely. Right. Um, I think we may see, in addition to Deutsche Bank going away this year, you know, whether they're getting bought or something. We may see a another U.S. government credit downgrade before the end of the year.
2: That would not be good.
0: No, and I hope I'm wrong. You know, like I said, I'm hope I hope I really hope I'm wrong. Where are we that. at? Are we at AA? AA from one of the ratings agencies, AAA on the other two. I think yeah. is where we are right now. Anyhow, and that's just because of the massive debt we piled on, plus the This brink of the uh, death ceiling issue, uh, which may exacerbate the problem a little bit. So we'll see. You know, we'll see. Hopefully, I'm wrong on that, too. And that's all I can say. I want to talk about Gary Brinson and the Brinson model. Russell, as you know, this is a subject near and dear to my heart. I do know that because of its simplicity and elegance. I'm a huge fan of Gary Brinson. Right, as well as the big short and money money ball, a few other things. So, who's Gary Brinson? Gary Brinson is a guy who invented a thing called the Brinson model. That is about allocation and selection effect is what it's about. What this means is the question. I'm going to try to go through and explain what this is, what these two things are, and explain why they are relevant to every single investor. And I will tell you that 99% of investors and 110% of advisors, Russell, don't know what I'm talking about, what this is, what this model is. 110%? Yes.
2: And and now you're going to do math? Yes. (laughs) I'm I'm absolutely teasing you. All right, so the Brinson effect. In other words, not a lot of folks know about it, but you think it is right on the money, so to speak. I think it is
0: exactly on the money, so to speak. All right, so spleen. Okay. People get a return from their portfolio. But they usually don't have any reason, any idea why, where the return comes from. So, Steve, let's say you made 15%, you know, last year. doesn't matter. And the S&P made 10, okay? You yep. beat the index by 5%, yep. your benchmark. But the question is, how did you do it? Why? It's an excellent question. Where did it come from? And that's what the Brinson model addresses. He has two types of effect which is what he calls, they they total to performance attribution, which is your difference, your spread. Total spread is called performance attribution. Allocation effect and selection effect are the two components of this thing. Allocation effect simply means how much did you allocate to each sector compared to the S&P? Okay?
2: Yeah, gotcha.
0: Energy is 5% of the S&P, roughly. Okay? If you allocate 10%, to energy in your portfolio, you've overallocated five percent. Right? You've That's doubled right. What, the, right. what the what the index is. Right? Does that exactly. make sense, Russell? Yep. Stop me if I nope. lose you here. If I make sense, so so doesn't good. make sense.
2: Okay. And sectors could be energy,
0: healthcare, could be, financials, right. industry, Big, big, major sectors of the economy. Yes, there are eleven sectors in the S and P five hundred. By the way, just just okay. so you know what we're talking about, just eleven categories. Okay. So. We can do what's called allocation effect, which means I can over A, to energy or to technology. Or if I think one's going to do bad, I underallocate to it. If you listen to this show a year ago, February of 22, Russell, as you'll recall. Oh, I'm supposed to remember this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. What, what are as we... <laughs> you'll recall, I sat here and I said that Russia was going to invade Ukraine. I do recall that. And I said, I didn't think it was going to happen, and you were right, and I was wrong. But I also said to buy what? Energy. E and ends with energy. Yes. (laughs) Starts with E and ends with energy. Yeah. Yeah, No, I recall. And uh,
2: and, uh, actually, that sector has done pretty well for itself,
0: massive, record-shattering profits. The sector was up 53% for the year when the index was down 18. So it beat the index by, what, 71%? Holy cow. Yep. Okay. So that's an allocation effect. If you over allocated to energy, you know, last year, and you benefited from it, obviously that was that call early, yeah, yeah. So that's what we call allocation effect. The other one is called selection effect. What is selection effect? Selection effect is your security picks, your stock picks. So let's say Steve wants to allocate five percent to energy, just like the S and P. He just wants to match the S and P, but he's going to pick ten energy stocks. Okay. So if his energy stocks outperform the energy sector, he benefits from selection effects. So if his energy stocks do 15% and the sector does 10 he's picked up 5% by his selection effect, by, the, by wisely picking stocks. Now, that can be negative, too. He could, be, he could lose by 5% to the uh, sector as well if he underperforms the sector with his picks. So, so you, either one can be positive or negative. I mean,
3: so, so you can just select the sector as a whole, right? And whatever it does is whatever it does, right? Yes, and then you can pick more than 5% if you want, which will yes. impact it. But are you saying that within that sector, you can you don't have to, but you then can go pick out X number of specific stocks. Correct. And then you're not just doing whatever the sector does.
0: Correct. And you're introducing two variables there, selection effect and allocation effect. And the problem with that is you've got to get both right. Yeah. And so what I try to do with my models is introduce one variable and isolate the other. And we'll talk about this a little bit more after the break. All right. So it's not hard. First, pick what sector, and then you pick what, you know, instruments
2: within that sector. All right? That is the sector strategy (laughs) very much summarized. You can get more information on that and a free book, Beating the Dow, by calling Dan's office at 918-398-8387. It's Sunday. You'll get the voicemail. So please leave the right name and address for Beating the Dow and the information on sector strategy or money talk after the news. Welcome back to Money Talk here on 1023KRMG, Tulsa's News and Talk. My name's Russell Mills. Do appreciate you hanging out with us. And uh, we begin the second half of Money Talk with this guy, Dan Witham. Of course, Steve Money joins us, as always. Dan, uh, giving away the book, Beating the Dow, and information on your sector strategy that we're discussing this morning, if you'd
0: like to tell folks about all that. I sure will. Thank you very much, Russell. The book is called Beating the Dow. It's by Michael O'Higgins. Classic book on a classic investment strategy all about owning 10 of the Dow Jones stocks once a year, just trading once a year. We'll send you a free copy of this book and information on the sector strategy we're going to talk some more about right now and clarify a little bit. I left things unclear before the break. I apologize. We're going to fix that. Anyhow, the book and the information are free. Just give me a call at 918-398-8387. That's 918-398-8387. Just leave us your name and your address when you get our voicemail. Russell, I'm going to go a ways into the weeds here. Okay. So I want you to stop me if I say something that isn't clear. Totally confuses me. (laughs) Yes. No, because I've already talked to Steve about this before we came in the studio. So I want you to be my sounding board. Does that make sense? No, that's fair. Yeah. So you can, we talked about allocation effect and selection effect before the break from the Brinson model. Allocation effect is how much you over-under allocate a sector. Compared to the index that you're... Compared to the S&P, in this case, yes. In this compared case, to the, the S&P 500, so okay. So if you overweight energy, you're, that's allocation effect. Selection effect is whether or not your stocks outperform the sector. You can eliminate either one of these variables from your portfolio. I want to talk about eliminating selection effect. We have a way to do that. We have ETFs that we can buy... That just replicate the sector, like we'll talk about technology sector, I'm going to give you that example. XLK uh, is an ETF that just replicates the S&P 500 technology sector. It is a tracking error of less than one one hundredth of one percent. That's how close it tracks it.
2: So, it's, in other words, it's matching the
0: allocation that the Dow gives. The S&P. Or, I'm sorry, the it's S&P gives. This. The technology so to technology. Yes, absolutely. Okay. That's exactly what it's doing. it's, so mirroring. it's mirroring it. Okay. That's all it's doing. That's exactly what I want. That's what it's doing. It's mirroring the tech index. I told Steve before we came in here that I ran some studies this past week, Russell, some data on all the universes of ETFs that I follow. There are probably over 100 technology ETFs, Russell, roughly, okay? I believe it. And most of them, almost all of them, are subsets of the tech industry. Like we have one that is just cloud computing. We have ones that are just chips, semiconductor. We have ones that are computer hardware, for example, okay? Does that make sense? Yep. So, if you buy a cloud computing index, CLOU, which is a cloud computing ETF, you're buying a subset Of the tech index. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. All these ETFs that I track, on average, not only underperform their sector, they radically underperform their sector. Not only in technology, but in all 11 sectors. I found that they underperform by an average of 10% per year. So, how do you do that? Uh, well, yeah. That, does who, that make sense what I'm saying? Though, first of all, let me no. It on, makes it. sense underperformed the sector, but it, yeah. it
2: makes me wonder. Well, then, who's assigning these these values? Who's who's deciding what how much weight we give to cloud computing versus hardware? You know, manufacturing, and, and who makes that call? Because clearly, okay. they're missing the boat. Right.
0: Exactly. That's my point. Exactly <laughs> what you just said. They're missing the boat. And investors are missing the boat by buying these ETFs, is what I'm trying to say. Going with, well, that's what the experts are doing, so I'll do that, not so, working out. So, Steve, if I tell you, you have a 90% chance of beating all the other ETFs if you buy XLK, or you can buy the other ETFs and you have a 10% chance of beating XLK, <laughs> which one do you think is a better bet?
3: Yeah, I'm going with the big number there. Right,
0: the 90%, right? Right. Okay. So, Russell, I'm going to give you, let's just think of it like a horse race, okay? Go ahead. We got a horse race. We got 10 horses in the race which is the whole sector, XLK, right? Yep. I give Steve $100, and I tell Steve to go bet on five horses in the race. Steve gets to bet on five horses in the race. you got decent odds, right? Yeah, yep, 50% chance. yeah. Okay, but then I give Russell $100, and I tell Russell he can bet on 10 horses yep. in the race with 10 horses. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I get to choose all of them and none of them. Which yeah. one wins? I'm so, gonna, I'm gonna who make do you mine. think has a better odd of getting the winner in their category? I, I think Russell
3: Me. is exponentially uh, ahead of that game.
0: Absolutely. So, this is one of the reasons why XLK will beat most of these ETFs in a given year. And I mean, it beats it dramatically. I'm not just talking about beating it, I'm talking about beating the snot out of the others. <laughs> um. It's, it's average over the last three years has outperformed uh, cloud computing by 20% per year.
3: Man, that's a bunch of money.
0: It's, this is true in every industry, Russell, not just tech. I'm just giving tech as an example because I don't right. want to make the water too muddy here, too confusing. So there's a couple reasons why I think this happens. One is concentration. If Steve's doing cloud computing and you're doing all technology, Steve's got to pick 20 stocks. You've got 100 to pick. You're going to buy all 100. You're not really picking them. You're buying all 100. He's got to pick 20. So he's overly concentrated. What does concentration do to your volatility? It raises it. Right. right, It jacks up your volatility. The other thing is, if you're XOK, Russell, you don't really have to make any decisions. You're just mirroring the index. The index. So nobody has to pay you a million dollars a year to mirror the index because a computer can do that pretty easily yeah. Steve's got to make selections about which stock to buy which one not to buy how much to wait ABC or XYZ or whatever it might be and as we've seen in the mutual fund industry those bets tend to hurt be a drag on performance yeah. over time the other reason is cost cloud computing CLOU annual expense ratio is 68 basis points 0.68 per year 0.68% excuse right. me per year XLK, which is Steve over there, right? Russell, XLK, 10 basis points per year. Way lower. Less than a sixth of what the cloud computing ETF is. And this is typical across industries. I'm telling you, it's, it's the same. So what I'm saying to do now with our strategy is we're just going to buy this sector. We're not going to bet on Steve. Sorry, Steve. <clears throat> we're betting yep. on Russell. Because if there's 10 horses in the race, we know Russell's going to have that horse. Yep. Every time. Because all the sector ETFs that I want are the whole sector, which means they have every stock in the sector. That's why they're mirroring the sector. That's why I'm picking them. You bought the sector. Right. That's exactly what I'm doing. I'm buying the sector. So I'm going to over-allocate or under to my sectors, depending on which sectors I believe are going to do well, like energy or tech. But I'm not going to try to pick the winners within the sector, because in the ETF world, the stats prove it doesn't Work
2: So going back to the Brinson model, we got yes. about a minute here, you're essentially cutting out half of the
0: yes. variables that can affect your investment. I'm, I'm eliminating selection effect. It's exactly what I'm doing, Russell, yes. I'm focusing on allocation effect. I am eliminating selection effect. Which would also, I would think, simplify yeah. the yes. whole process. <laughs> yes, it does. Quite substantially. Because if you use both, you have to get both right. Because if you go with the right allocation but the wrong selection, it draws away from your performance. If you get the wrong allocation and the right selection, allocation draws away from your performance. If you focus on one variable, you only got to control one variable. Think about Delaney Bales, my favorite juggler in the world, the young lady that can juggle six bowling pins behind her back. Okay. That's complicated. I can juggle two tennis balls and that's about it. Yeah. And that's in front of me, not behind and my And yeah, that's with saying. both hands. Yes,
3: And your eyes open. Uh,
0: so, But what I'm trying to say is the more variables you introduce, the more complex the algorithm, the equation becomes, and the more difficult to get a good outcome.
2: Well, that only makes sense. I mean, if you're coaching against another football team and you can make it so they can no longer throw a pass, right. it's going to simplify your defense. Absolutely. <laughs> it's going to simplify your game plan substantially. Makes sense to me. All right, if you'd like to read more about that specifically that information on, on dance sector strategy and get a free book taboot, called Beating the Dow. It's all yours absolutely free and all you got to do is pick up the phone real quick and call 918- 398 That is Dan's office now. Clearly, he's here and not there. So you're going to get the voicemail on a Sunday. That's okay. Just leave the correct name and address, if you'd be so kind, on the voicemail at 918-398-8387 for your free copy of Beating the Dow and the information on Dan's sector strategy. More money talk after a quick timeout on 1023 KRMG. back to Money Talk here on 1023 KRMG, Tulsa's News and Talk. Today's Money Talk centering on the Brinson method and uh, trying to figure out how to ask, uh, allocate your assets. And uh, it's a sector strategy, a stock sector strategy that Dan is discussing. He's willing to send you more information to elucidate you further on said strategy along with a free book. Dan, with him from LPL
0: Financial, if you'd like to fill him in on all that, sir. I sure will. Thank you very much. The book is called Beating the Dow by Michael O'Higgins. It's a classic take on a very useful investment strategy, about 10 of the Dow, 30 stocks. We'll send you a free copy of it and information on the sector strategy. We'll talk about a little bit more here before the close. It's all free. Just give me a call at 918-398-8387. That's 918-398-8387. Just leave us your name and your address. You need our voicemail? Okay, Russell, I'm going to recap how this thing works before I get too far into it. Okay. Talk about Brinson? Yes, about my sector strategy. The allocation effect is what we're shooting for. The selection effect is what we're shooting to eliminate. We want to replicate the sector, so we buy only the ETFs that actually replicate our sectors. We do not buy ETFs that are what you call actively managed. Steve, if there are 100 ETFs in a sector, right, let's say technology. All right. And one of them replicates the index. The other 99 do not. Which one do you think I want to buy?
3: The one that replicates the index.
0: Right. So the XLK in this case. If it was tech, it would be XLK. Mm Because there are some out there that do replicate each index. The majority of them do not. The majority of them are like cloud, like we talked about, that is actively managed. It's trying to buy a subset of the index. We're trying to stay away from that. So what we do here is we look at the macro picture. And I use all kinds of research from different firms to get this idea. And what they will say is, we want to overweight communication. We want to overweight technology, right? This oh. year, we have three sectors that have been overweighted. Yeah. And they're up 19, 18, and 14% year to date. The index is up about seven and a half, eight. 8 if that gives you any well, you're indication, of the game there.
3: Yes. I noticed in all your research, you, you don't call Russell or I to see what we think you ought to do. So <laughs> I can do that. Kind of shocking, heard. no one.
2: yes yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> So, so let me ask you this. Yes. So, let's say somebody's driving through town, they're listening to this, and mm-hmm. they go, "Man, I think that sounds pretty cool," but it seems like there's a heck of a lot of decisions I have to make. If if they call you. Are there a lot of decisions they have to make, or is this much more simple in practice than...
0: Well, it's a great question. All they have to do is decide whether or not they want to use this model, because I will do all the heavy lifting for them. I make all those decisions, like how much to overweight each sector, how much to do in this sector or that sector. And they don't really don't change that much. The sectors that you're going into right, really don't change that often, because if you go back and look at last year, right, 22 was a weird year for the market, right, yeah. not a great year yeah. for the market, but the leading sectors didn't change. I mean, energy was leading in February and in December. December, Energy was still leading the way, right? Technology was down in February and in December. Technology was down further. It's basically (laughs) what what happened, kind of how the year went. So there wasn't a whole lot of change throughout the year as to who was leading and who was lagging. We always have sectors that are leading and always have sectors that are lagging, right? Because the S&P is just an average of all the sectors at the end of the day, right? It's just a compilation of all the sectors. So you're going to have some that are performing above what the S&P does, and you're going to have some that are performing below because they are components of it. Absolutely. And so what we're trying to do here is, the other thing we do is we want to avoid the underweight sectors because research, these firms put out research that says, hey, you want to avoid this sector. Like last year, they would have said, hey, you want to probably stay away from technology, which was down 30% for the year. Yeah. And they were saying, hey, you want to buy energy, which was up 53% for the year. So, if you overweighted energy last year and just bought the whole sector, you did quite well. You did very well. Right. XLE, which is the uh, ETF that weights equal to the energy sector, is uh, XLE, X-Ray Lincoln Edward. And so, what I'm trying to say is, I just want to make one bet. I don't want to complicate that bet with a bet on the stocks in the sector. I want to get rid of that variable. Sure. Because all the ETFs in the world... The data has proven to me that they can't make the right bets as far as which stocks in that sector, because they're losing to the sector. Do you follow me?
3: Yeah, I mean, the, you know, the sector being the baseline. I mean, that's the goal. You either beat right. it, beat it, or do less. So
0: yeah, you can beat it, or you can overperform, or you can underperform it. But if ninety percent of them are underperforming. My Why? odds aren't very good if, yeah. in that attempt uh, to, to outperform that sector. I mean,
3: you're better off just picking the sector. Yes. By a lot.
0: Yeah, by, by a huge amount. And I can tell you, I looked at some of the ones I was talking about before the break about the CLOU, um, and I pulled up the data for it over the last three years versus the tech sector. The tech sector has crushed it every single year for the last three years. And by an average of you know, 20% a year, it's beating it. Uh, energy, it's even worse. Energy is averaging the sector is averaging outperformance versus all the ETFs in the energy sector. They're averaging 18% a year underperformance compared to the energy sector. And these are energy ETFs.
3: So if you're a younger person listening to this and you want to start investing, what's it cost to get into this?
0: Uh, This one has a $20,000 would take to get into this to account that does this the way we trade them in my my firm. Uh, So, But you can start with less than that. We would just have to get build it up to get to to 20000 Yeah, Yeah. Uh, But yeah, this is the way we do this. That way it's a flat fee for trading per year, and there's no transaction costs each time we do a trade. It's just a flat fee per year to do it this way. That's what I'm doing with this model. I like this model. Uh, It's doing quite well this year. It's doing very well. As a matter of fact, it's not a lot of trading. It's very little amount of trading. It's very simple. We're just trying to buy the sectors. All we want to do is pick which sectors we think are going to do better than the market. And we overweight those sectors. We underweight the sectors we think are going to lag. And that's it. That's really all there is to it. And then we buy the sector. We don't try to get cute. We don't try to pick the winners in the sectors. We let the sector do its thing. So we're going to get the sector performance at the end of the day. It's just a question of how much weighting we have in that sector.
3: So you overweight the good ones? You
0: should do better? If we get it right,
3: if yes. you get it right, yes. and uh, the other ones, they go down there, nah, that's what's going to happen, so, but your loss is less.
0: And there's still an element of, element of risk to it, don't get me wrong. It's a question of which sectors we pick versus the S&P. Right. And so if we pick the right sectors, we should beat the S&P. If we pick the wrong sectors, we'll lag. Of course, that's the way it's going to work out. But we're not trying to pick the winners in the sector itself, which is a huge element of risk and where the bulk of a person's risk comes from. And with the ETS, trying to pick those winners in the sector just introduces risk and no return. Okay, quick question. We've got about 30 seconds here. Yes. If there's 11 sectors, how many do you pick at a time? Depends on how many we're going to overweight. Well, that's all I'm asking. So it it, it depends on the category. This year right now, there's three that we're overweighting, and there's three that we're underweighting and about, what is that? five five in the middle that we market weight we would market weight the ones that are neutral so to speak I got that math thing going going for
2: me adding and subtracting and if you keep it under 100 I can nail that almost every time (laughs) hey uh, thank you Dan with them thank you Steve Money another interesting week with the Money Talk dudes now if you'd like to extend that week maybe by getting in some quality reading Dan's got a book for you it's called Beating the Dow and he'll send you information on that sector strategy that Brinson method it's all free all you gotta do is pick up the phone and call his office 918-398-8387 be sure and leave your name and address please on the voicemail 918-398-8387 for the free book and the free info I'm Russell Mills thank you very much for joining us for Money Talk and we'll see you here next Sunday
1: You've been listening to Money Talk with Dan Witham, a Wall Street veteran with over 25 years' experience in the securities industry. The opinions voiced in this program are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individuals. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, and financial advisor or tax advisor prior to investing. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, member FINRA, SIPC. All investing involves risk, including possible loss of principal. Join us again next week for Money Talk.